bottom line up front is that short-term planning, honest self-reflection, and mentors are three very powerful tools that you can use to keep your career moving in a positive direction. Hi there, Steve here. Welcome to 15 Minute CMO. Joining me today is Ashley Lee of Jupiter One. With over a decade of marketing experience across a variety of expertise, Ashley's a marketing Swiss Army knife of sorts. I think those of us who have worked in smaller businesses or just growing marketing teams know what that's about. But currently, she's the senior marketing manager at Jupiter One, where in addition to a whole host of marketing duties, she is also the host and producer of a video podcast, Cyber Therapy. So check that out. Now, uh, she's leading customer marketing initiatives, but really what uh, it brought us together today is a conversation around what it means to be a marketer, how one becomes a marketer, what is customer marketing, blah, 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 blah. The real question is, in terms of specialization and all that fun stuff, what should a young and up and coming marketer do? And in that vein, Ashley, I have to ask, what should I do with my life? <laughs> so that is the big existential question. Um, and honestly, I am one of those people where if I start to think too hard about the trajectory of my life, I get overwhelmed. So uh, I've learned to just think about what comes next. What am I enjoying right now? What are the things that I want to adjust to enjoy things a little bit better? Um, and then keep going down that train and just tell me my curiosity. Yeah. So how has your, where did you start and how has your curiosity brought you to where you are now? Sure. Um, so I'll start with college. Mm -hmm. I was a finance major, um, and took all the hard classes and like financial engineering and all that stuff quickly realized by the time I graduated that I did not want a job in finance. Luckily along that route, I picked up a minor in graphic communications. And so that was kind of my foray into creativity, um, thinking about graphic design and marketing. So I actually snuck in, got um, an internship at Ericsson um, as a graphics and multimedia intern, where I got a lot of hands-on experience with their website, their internal comms website. Um, as well as a lot of branding exercises. So um, redoing all the collateral, doing presentations, et cetera. Realized, yeah, graphic communications, graphic design, that's fun. Let me pursue that a little bit more. So I went to a startup because learning at a big company, I realized I did not want to be a cog in the wheel. <clears throat> didn't really mm. feel like I was making an impact. So went to a startup, startup number one, um, ended up doing not only branding, but also uh, a lot of the operations. So mm -hmm. that's where I picked up like skills in Marketo and Salesforce in addition to all the creative suite and um, PowerPoint skills, right? Then I realized, ah, oh, I think this is a lot to take on. Let me just try focusing on one of these avenues. Um, so the next startup I went to, I only focused on the branding side of the house. So I was doing all the collateral, a lot of the design work for all the different pieces. How did you choose branding? You got a little bit of experience in a bunch of areas at this point, right? Even in however far into the career you are. And you said, all right, I'll go give branding a go. How did you choose branding as sort of the next step? I thought it was fun. It was a way to exercise my creative thinking and express myself. Granted, mm -hmm. at that point, I was starting to recognize that 
to the plight of many graphic designers and freelancers, you are at the whim of your client. And mm -hmm. so uh, I think at that point I was like, okay, I don't want the mundane every day like to be the same in terms of operations, scheduling emails, et cetera, right? Because um, it just felt very rote um, mm -hmm. and not as much creativity. So I wanted to pursue like extreme focus on creativity. Quickly realized that, I, I mean, I'll be honest, graphic design skills while well, I started there, I mean, I'm not a graphic designer today for a reason, right? I gotcha, yeah. Um, and so uh, I actually ended up getting burnt out at that point. So I think this is like four years, three or four years into my career and I'm like burnt out of marketing already because I wow. tried to do too much. And yeah. I was like feeling really unfulfilled. So I actually deviated, went back to school for um, psychology because I wanted to be an adolescent counselor. Yeah. Um, so total pivot to work with adolescents, quickly realized that uh, you don't really make money that way, especially working in a nonprofit. <laughs> so fulfillment, yes, but money, no. Yeah. Uh, and so I had to find a middle balance, right? Um, yeah. So I found myself back at another startup that was much bigger, got back into marketing operations of all things, right? And demand generation, because um, that was just like a foot in the door to be able to explore. And I actually found coming back from that break that I did enjoy a lot of like the process and creative thinking that goes into um, problem solving with copy and with trying to snag the attention of your ideal buyer, right? Um, just trying to get your message out there. Uh, did you happen to did, hmm? did you benefit from like any mentors at this particular time or were you making a lot of these decisions with sort of like a you know a partner a family or even in a vacuum in your head so one of my mentors was from the she was the one who hired me at the first startup and so um throughout my work with her it always came back to Anna. Anna Lul, she's a VP at Jivox. And so hmm. she, I would always have these conversations with her of like, man, I just feel, don't feel fulfilled. Like I just, it's a job and I just don't feel like I'm having fun anymore. Um, I really have always wanted to pursue like teaching or working with middle school students. And I just feel like I've really missed out. Um, and she actually mentioned something very wise that had I, truly taking it to heart um i wouldn't my i wouldn't have deviated in in that way yeah. but she basically said do you have to do it as your full-time job in order to be fulfilled um <clears throat> and it was a really interesting question and that i didn't have an answer to at that point which actually prompted me to, to take the deviation just because i needed to know um mm -hmm. and so at that point you know she she was very supportive of just the decisions that I've been making and just in life in general, like growing in your 20s, right? You learn a lot through relationships and friendships and work-life balance and all that stuff. And so she definitely was a very wise voice in my life at that point. Um, and so I feel like for me, I had to go through the experience to be able to say, okay, I've done it, I enjoyed it, but this is not a long-term plan, right, for myself and for my career. And at this point in my career, so this is 
maybe three three jobs now since I took that detour. Um, I'm at a point now where I don't have to think long term. Where am I gonna be in ten years? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my first job back after um, working at a nonprofit and recognizing that you don't really get paid well that way uh, was I recognized or I asked. So um, at this point, there was another voice, um, Tony Yang. He was a VP of demand generation um, at this point. And I just asked him, I was like, hey, like, how did you become a VP of demand generation? Because in my head, I'm still trying to, you know, climb the corporate ladder, make that money. And, mm-hmm. um, but I don't want to be miserable making money. Uh, and so he said, he, this is another thing I take to heart, is um, he just mentioned, you just take the next opportunity that's in front of you, right? He doesn't. Mm. He didn't think too hard about, plotting out your 10-year, 15-year plan of mm-hmm. your life. It was more, what are the opportunities ahead and which one do I want to pursue? Um, I, I I love that advice. Um, and I'm curious to know, you know, would you give that or different or complimentary advice to say someone young on your team just shows up, they've been in marketing for six months, a year, two years, and they say, well, I don't you know, where, where should I be in five years? Like, how would you respond to that question? I would give a variant, I think, of the advice that was given to me. Um, because in order to know what opportunity to pursue, you kind of need to know yourself and how you work and what makes you tick and what interests you. Um, and I think growing up and even up until that point in my career, I never really gave myself permission to really check in and be like, is this what I like? Or am I just doing this because I, I can do it and I can do it well and it pays the bills. Right. Um, and I think in the latter part of my twenties, that was where I was able to really explore what my interests are and what I really enjoy doing and how I can graph that into a day-to-day job that I enjoy, right? And so I would say for a younger marketer who is early in their career, they've had a few gigs and they're looking, you know, wondering what's next, right? Um, Take a look at your day-to-day, take stock of the things that bring you joy, take stock of the things that make you miserable. no job is going to be perfect. So you, every job's going to have something that you're not going to enjoy. But like, what are the things that are bearable versus like total deal breakers? They make you miserable. But um, what if I pick the then, wrong one? I feel like if I, you know, I feel like a, a lot of folks, I think, have that concern, that anxiety. Like, oh, if I pick the wrong track now, I'm going to eliminate opportunities in the future. Or, you know, if I don't pick the right thing to do this, in this next job, then I'll never make it to CMO or I'll never get to do whatever my life's goal is. Is that a a legitimate fear or is that kind of an overblown vestige of the academic career that we all, you're talking to a former econ major who doesn't do economics. So I'm with you on that. I think, I think it's a valid fear. So I don't want to invalidate anybody who has that fear, but I do also think that there's always things to be learned where you're at now that can be applied and transferable wherever you go. Mm-hmm. So 
even if you pick a particular specialization early on, right, and you're realizing this isn't the one for me, maybe there's room to pick up some side projects, right, to, to build out some skills that you can put on your resume, projects you can talk about in an interview to be mm -hmm. able to showcase, yes, even though I was in this role, I also picked up these skills that are applicable for the role that I'm applying for or, you know, the next gig that I, I want, right? Um, there's the average person in their lifetime has four to seven career pivots, right? Mm -hmm. In the entire time that they're working. So when, when you're in a role, and it took me a long time to really recognize this about myself too, but recognizing what skills you're, you're applying and um, how that might transfer or apply to other roles that you're interested in pursuing. <clears throat> and so the way to keep track of the stuff that you've done, keep some people keep a swipe file, right? Like a, a, a folder that they just throw all their achievements in, um, you know, compliments or feedback that they've gotten from coworkers that you want to stash aside to say, hey, like my coworker said that I'm really good at this and this applies mm -hmm. to this role because, you know, you're, you're, it's really a collaborative and project management style role or something like that, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm hearing um, a few things that I would just want to highlight to make sure anyone listening is, is takes a note of this. One, Start a swipe file um, immediately. If you don't have one, that's fine. Go back, think about what you've already done. If you have literally nothing to put in there now, start it. Um, Ashley brings that advice to you, and I strongly suggest you take it home. The other thing there I heard was try not to over-invest um, in a fear, no matter how valid it might be, as it relates to how many times your career is going to change. <clears throat> right? There's... Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. I think we're all aware that the days of starting at a company, <clears throat> working there for 30 years, and then retiring are, are long gone. Um, and certainly not as much um, really ever a thing in the marketing field. Um, big agencies just really don't seem to do that these days. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm also, and you touched on it a bit here, about um, you've, you've benefited from some mentors in your mm -hmm. and is it is it just dumb luck to find mentors have you been able to cultivate them uh how should someone who's never had a mentor before interact with a, a, a mentor like what what's what's my role there is the mentee protege yeah as a mentee mm -hmm. so yeah i would say so i think there's different types of mentorship um there isn't a one-size-fits-all and it really has to come down to what you're looking for. Are you looking for somebody to give you life advice, right? Um, or are you looking for somebody to just give you insight on what a particular near-term future opportunity might be like, right? So let's just say hypothetically, so <clears throat> let me set that. As a mentee, um, there's two ways to approach it, right? There's... Um, sometimes organizations will have like a mentorship program, right? Mm -hmm. Where you can opt in to some sort of resource group or something like that, get paired up with somebody and meet people that way. Um, the other, the way that I have gained it is actually through my bosses. Like I think part of it is luck. I'm not going to lie. I've, I've had, 
I have been fortunate to have so many good bosses in my career um, who have been really helpful in just speaking wisdom into my life, whether it is work stuff or non-work stuff. Um, and so your mentor-mentee relationship is going to be whatever you want to put in and what you want to get out of it, right? If you want to only ask pointed questions around, hey, how do I get to this point in my career? Like, what was your career trajectory like? And what can you learn from that kind of conversation? That's one style. And then there's like the more everyday, they're more friend than like wise sage, I guess you could say. Um, who really get to know you and can vet and cater some of the everyday, you know, Forbes articles to what you're looking for. Um, so there's different forms. And then I would also say there's a lot of books out there. Um, mm. There's a lot of business books out there. There's a lot of like ways to st structure your life, right? Like self-help books and stuff like that. You could consider those mentors as well. It's not necessarily having a conversation, but they are sharing a lot of ideas that could help you in your life and your career. Advice that I'm certainly going to take to heart, which brings me back to the question, what should I do with my life? <laughs> Just focus, be present, and don't think too hard. I mean, I think I always be learning. That has kind of been the mantra that's gotten me actually through some tougher roles as well and so you know even if you're in a spot where you're feeling like this is not where i thought my life would be what are the things that you can do today that can set you up for the next step not for your whole future ahead just for the next step right and just so you can be open to new opportunities i can't think of a better way to sign off uh, ashley thank you so much for joining me today thank you so much for having me